Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. An epic commission. Why the FTC should probably pay attention to Borderlands 3. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we've got a new kind of issue that we haven't talked about before in Virtual Legality that I can recall. Now it is Epic Game Store related and that is a topic that we've talked about a lot. But without further ado, let's just take a look at the tweet that Epic sent out. I don't even think it was an hour ago at this point. The Epic Game Store tweets out, support a creator update. The revenue share on Borderlands 3 has been increased from 5% to 20% starting now until September 12th. Creators, be sure to tell your supporters to use your creator tag or creator link when they pre-purchase Borderlands 3. Now, before we get into the Support a Creator program, which I don't think we've talked about at length, we might have talked about just a little bit when we were initially discussing what the Epic Game Store was planning to do, and Support a Creator was one of those initiatives that it was planning to use to get more people and more eyeballs on the store in question. I did want to give a hat tip because this issue was actually brought to me uh, by one of my follows on Twitter, which is Chris Davis. He's at cdavis underscore games, and he points out When you start talking about a 20% commission or $12 per sale, you're talking about a lot of money. $12, of course, being 20% of $60. We're going to use American valuation here. I don't know exactly what the Epic Games Store or its various uh, foreign uh, counterparts do with respect to money coming in from different places or if it even applies uh, in terms of other nationalities or other nations. Uh, But for the U.S., $60 game being offered by Gearbox, uh, and it's going to get, get you $12 if someone goes through your uh, link and buys it from the Epic Game Store. So let's take a look at what the Epic Support a Creator program actually is, how Epic describes it. There are going to be a few ambiguities here, a bit of um, unclarity, if you will, around exactly who pays what and for whom. I know early on Epic Game Store was going to be fronting certain of the money that it was offering as part of these programs when it initially launched. I don't know if that's still the case at this point in time. But here we've pulled up the Epic Games Support a Creator Program page. What is the Epic Games Support a Creator Program? Epic Support a Creator Program enables creators to earn money from Fortnite and games in the Epic Games Store. Now, at this point in time, when they're writing this fact, when they're writing this website, Fortnite is really the only show in town, right? They're coming up with this program as part of the Epic Games Store launch. We're now only nine months in. It feels like nine years if you follow the Epic Game Store controversies and drama. But we're only nine months in really from when Epic announced that they were going to put up this store, that they were going to do all this, they were going to buy all these exclusives and do all these things. Continuing with their description of what this thing actually is, it says in Fortnite, accepted creators will receive five US dollars for every 10,000 V-Bucks, which is their premium currency in that game, spent by players who elect to support them in game. So these players have to go and they have to say, I love Ninja, or I love 
tofu or whoever it is. And I'm going to support them in this game. And if I spend 10,000 V-Bucks, they get five bucks. And this applies to free V-Bucks that players have earned through playing of the game Fortnite, as well as any V-Bucks that they might have purchased. Fans declare their support for a creator in-game by entering the creator's epic tag via the support a creator button found in the item shop in Battle Royale or the loot tab in Save the World. Now that's Fortnite. We're not that interested in Fortnite, right? We're talking about a retail game that's going to be launched on the Epic Game Store in September. It continues. For games on the Epic Game Store, accepted creators can share referral links on their content channels or promote their creator tag to their supporters to get credit for sales of games on the Epic Games Store. Supporters follow creator links or enter creator tags during the checkout process on the Epic Game Store. Each game has a different revenue share for attributed sales set by the developer, but with a minimum rate of 5%. 5% probably being the standard here. You don't necessarily need to give a lot of money on a $60 sale in order to incentivize creators to uh, say nice things about your video game program. And we've talked a lot in virtual legality about endorsements, the age of the influencer, things related to trips. Uh, we talked a lot about that with respect to a- Apex Legends and Electronic Arts and what they've been doing with influencers and their EA programs and whether or not they can kick people off from making negative reviews and things like that. But in this particular case, what you've got is a situation which is not that unlike other situations that you might see on the internet in terms of, you know, when somebody reviews a book and they say, hey, here's a link that you can buy it on Amazon. And they put a note if they're following, you know, Federal Trade Commission rules that says, hey, I could get some money if you click on this link because it's an affiliate link and they probably don't get a ton of money. And I think on the internet, if you're following virtual legality, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're otherwise just doing things on the internet in general, you've seen those links before and you understand, hey, this is a small amount of money that they could get if I go through this to get to get to there. This, I think, is a little bit different. 20% is a lot of money. You know, if you get some followers to buy 10 pre-orders of Borderlands 2, suddenly you've made $120. You know, I don't want to, you know, take all of the mystery away from this, but Virtual legality is not going to make $120 in three months. And so if you've got that kind of cachet, if you've got a Twitter audience, if you've got a Twitch audience, if you're on Mixer or YouTube streaming or wherever you're on, you are, if you sign up for, with Epic here, you sign this contract uh, and you say, yep, I'm going to be a creator that people can link to, the folks at Borderlands, the folks at Gearbox and uh, their publisher have gone forward and said, you're going to get a full 20% cut. Now, one of the reasons they can give that 20% cut is one of the reasons that I think the Epic Game Store is a good idea, which is that Epic has reduced their personal share of the percentage of gross that they get from people that are selling games on their storefront. Whereas Steam takes 30% right off the top, Epic only takes 12%, which leaves developers with 18% to play with. Now, if you followed Virtual Legality and you've looked at this channel, you know one of the things I've advocated is that these companies should be giving back more of that 18% to their customers if they want to help enable competition in the PC gaming space. That that was always going to be more advantageous, more interesting than Epic going around and buying exclusives with Fortnite money. That you don't run the risk of having this kind of negative goodwill appreciate to your brand if you're actually sharing some of these quote-unquote profits with your customer base. Now, this is kind of that. This is sharing your profits. This is saying, hey, if we were only ever going to make 30% if we sold on Steam, let's take a look at what that would be on Epic and split it around. Let's let's spread the wealth a little bit. 
Unfortunately, they've elected to spread it around primarily to influencers through the support of creator program. And $12 is just going to be a huge amount of money for these creators. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to make this video is, as Chris Davis pointed out in the hat tip that I gave him on Twitter, you do start to get into a level of money where you question exactly what you're seeing. If you've got a favorite Twitch person that you follow and you're used to seeing them play games and potentially going and buying that game that they're playing because it looks pretty cool, now you're in an interesting zone. Now you're in a zone where if you buy that game, they're not getting 12 cents. They're not getting 50 cents. They're not even only getting a dollar. They could potentially get $12 for you going and buying that game from the Epic Game Store because of how awesome it is and how much they're enjoying playing it. And these are exactly the kind of circumstances that the Federal Trade Commission is interested in. We've looked at this specific document in virtual legality, the FTC's endorsement guides, what people are asking probably a half dozen times at this point, because it is so pertinent to the age of the influencer and what we see now as how these companies in video gaming and other pop culture indeed are marketing what they are selling into the stream of commerce. And in particular, this issue is not one where the people that are already Epic creators shouldn't be aware of some of the impact, right? They're already an affiliate to some things. And so they should know that they have to say, hey, I'm an affiliate. Uh, if you put my name into this box, then I'm going to get a couple bucks. Uh, I'm going to get 5% potentially of $60. And you should know that if you do that, I'm going to get that money. I appreciate it. But you should also take essentially what I say to you about that product under advisement. That's what the FTC wants you to do. That's what the law really wants you to do is to say, hey, just so you know, I'm economically interested in whether you buy that game, because that's going to help you weigh the exact statements that I'm making about it or the amount of fun I'm showing for the next two weeks while I play Borderlands 3. Now, in this particular instance, this is such a change. This is four times what the minimum is and what I have every reason to believe is probably what most developers settle on if they're going to be involved in the supporter creator program, that 5% number. This is so much more money that I look at the FTC guidelines and say, one, these clearly aren't written for the age of the influencer. These have to be updated as soon as possible, really. And the Federal Trade Commission, outside of doing workshops on loot boxes and everything else, should be taking a look at how pop culture, how cultural items are getting marketed today, and really think about, maybe even as early as next year, getting on board with changing these things up to reflect the reality of our times, right? So... I don't really blame necessarily those folks that are influencers and that they're on Mixer and that they're on Twitch and they're doing all these various things. I think for the most part, they're compliant. They put ad sponsored. They put sponsored posts. They say, hey, I've got this affiliate link that it could pay me money. But it's not really rigged to, hey, if there's a massive, essentially, sale on your endorsement at some point in time, should you have to disclose that difference? Would people be expecting you to get $12 out of every $60 purchase on the Epic Game Store? I think the answer to that is obviously no. If you don't see that tweet, if you don't know what's going on with Epic Games and you're just following people on Twitch or Twitter or wherever, you don't know that they're getting that massive increase in money from selling Borderlands 3 over maybe selling something else, including competitors to Borderlands 3. And that's what these endorsement guides are about. So I've highlighted language that we've talked about before, but I think it's important to kind of set the stage because we're going to look at some different sections in this that we haven't talked about before in respect of this particular issue. It says, in addition, the guides say, if there's a connection between an endorser and a marketer that consumers would not expect and it would affect how consumers evaluate the endorsement, 
that connection should be disclosed. That's how you say, hey, I've got an affiliate link here. I could get some money. So you should take my review of this book under advisement. You should take what I just said about this book under advisement. Obviously, the FTC isn't care, doesn't care that much about, oh, I hated this book or Borderlands 3 is a terrible game. They're not so worried about your economic incentives influencing your statements when they're negative. But if they are positive, even if they're fun, fundamentally sincere to your belief, you just had the greatest time with Borderlands 3, it's easy enough for an outside party that doesn't know you, that can't read your mind to think, hey, I wonder how much that 12 bucks a purchase is influencing his decision. So it says the same is usually true if the endorser has been paid or given something of value to tout the product. In this particular case, we're talking about affiliate links. So we can skip a whole bunch of this. But the one thing I did want to highlight first is that it says, isn't it common knowledge that bloggers, because they're really focused on bloggers in this guide. So, you know, work with me. The Federal Trade Commission, government agencies in general, they're a few years behind the time on technology, but bloggers here applies to what we're talking about, which are Twitch streams and YouTube, and we'll, we'll highlight that language as well. But it says, under the law, an act or practice is deceptive if it misleads a significant minority of consumers. So this question was actually, hey, don't people know I get paid commissions on this? And they say, it doesn't matter if people generally know. If a small minority, a significant small minority would be deceived by what you're doing, you have to make extra disclosures. And ordinarily, we think of that as, oh, I have to say sponsored, I have to say affiliate link. But in this particular case, it's kind of a unique issue. And it says, what if I upload a video to YouTube that shows me reviewing several products? Yes, the guidance for videos is the same as for websites or blogs. The point of these endorsement guides isn't to kind of figure out exactly where it applies and where it doesn't apply. It applies to everything that you might do that could be perceived by a third party as endorsing that product. And certainly in the case of someone on Twitch or on Twitter or elsewhere playing Borderlands 3 and getting $12 if you wind up buying it based on seeing them play it, that is an endorsement relationship. There's really no question there. And it says, does this guidance about affiliate links apply to links in my product reviews or someone else's website to my user comments, to my tweets, anywhere else I go on social media? It says, yes, the same guidance applies anytime you endorse a product and get paid through affiliate links. And indeed, the actual section where they talk about the basic economic relationship here is, I'm an affiliate marketer with links to an online retailer on my website. When people read what I've written about a particular product and then click on those links and buy something from the retailer, I earn a commission from the retailer. What do I have to disclose? Where should the disclosure be? If you disclose your relationship to the retailer clearly and conspicuously on your site, readers can decide how much weight to give your endorsement. So, you can say, this is an affiliate link. You make it clear, you make it conspicuous. The FTC is mostly concerned with that getting out there. That's the primary issue. If you do that, and I have no reason to believe that most people that are in Epic's program aren't aware of having to do that, they probably do that already, then you are good and they can wait how much to give your endorsement. What I'm saying as a lawyer looking at this from afar is that if you've got a significant difference in what a normal affiliate link would pay and what this next affiliate link would pay for only a short time, that they're incentivizing you with a multiple of what you could otherwise earn for 10 days, then perhaps, perhaps you should have to disclose that as well because people wouldn't otherwise be aware of what's happening here. And the fundamental rule under the law and what the FTC's endorsement guidelines say is that if it would mislead, it deserves to be disclosed. And so I think when you're following Borderlands 3's promotional materials now for the next, however long it is, two weeks, one of the things I would pay attention to if I were following this, uh, and if you're following virtual legality, you're probably interested in these issues as it is, 
is how many people are disclosing the fact that they're affiliates, the fact that if you link to them in the Epic Game Store, they're making uh, money, period. And then how many, and I would bet that this is a very small number, are distinguishing between the money that they may, might make on uh, selling you a copy of Metro Exodus versus selling you a copy of Borderlands 3 over this two-week period? Because I would suspect that number is very, very low. And I would suspect in terms of the spirit of the law and what the law actually requires, it's probably a technical violation. Now, I say that as someone who doesn't expect anything to happen on that. I don't expect anybody to do anything on that. I don't expect uh, you know, lawsuits and FBI agents to come and, and frog march out people in, in handcuffs. But I do think as we move forward with these kinds of things and we see these different marketing opportunities and exactly what's happening with influencers and with people online, that it is worth noting that the overall rule is do not deceive that we're actually talking about deceptive business practices. And if you are going out there and you wind up seeing a lot of people over this two-week period that are inordinately excited about Borderlands 3, then you should put that in your back pocket to think about, well, they're getting probably paid four times as much money as they would for any other game that they could be playing right now. And is that excitement level that they're showing really legitimate? The FTC says you should be able to weigh that from the disclosures that they make. And think about if you watch this on virtual legality, you now know that they're making four times what they otherwise could be making, but your friend probably doesn't. And think about it in the shoes of your friend and say, hey, would you suspect this any more than them playing Metro Exodus or anything else that they might play at a, at a smaller support a creator kind of cut? Because I think that's the question that really needs to be answered. That's the reason I titled this video as I did, because I think it's an interesting one. And I think the FTC probably has to catch up with what's happening right now. It's always going to be a step behind because businesses and marketers are always going to be able to come up with the next new novel thing. But if I'm sitting in an influencer's shoes, if I'm sitting in a company's shoes that has to worry about these things, I'm thinking maybe we do a little extra disclosure that you should know for right now, we're in a Borderlands 3 you know, golden age and that your money that will come to me will actually be more. And to some extent, since these are personally personality-driven networks of people on Twitch and on Mixer, that might even work better. You know, if you say, hey, if you buy Borderlands 3 now in this next two-week period, I'll get even more than I otherwise would. So if you are going to buy it at all, buy it now. That might be a good disclosure. That might be something that makes sense from, from them on their end. And it's something that I will be, you know, paying attention to. If you wind up seeing anybody that does this kind of or does it a little bit or doesn't do it at all, Please put it in my description, put it in my comments, because I find that interesting uh, to see exactly how these kinds of changes are leaking out and leaking forward through uh, the various aspects of our culture. Uh, but that's been Virtual Legality for today. If you like this video, please like, please subscribe. I do this kind of stuff all the time. We talked about Ion Fury yesterday. We talked a lot about Spider-Man last week. Those are interesting corporate contracts. Otherwise, if you saw this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you caught it on a podcast, thank you so much for listening. Please do share it around with anybody that you think might be interested in it. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality.